Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. We started this journey of love revolution, showing your love, the subtitle for this year. We're saying that it's important we show our love. Because Jesus Christ is a symbol of love. In John chapter 21 verse 15 to 19, the Bible said, When they had finished eating, Jesus said, Simon Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. He said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lamp. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Jesus was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Amen. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch your, out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said, follow me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to minister on the title, Show Your Love. I'm ministering the subheading, Be an Investor. Tell your neighbor, be an investor. Praise the Lord. I want you to understand that we are living in a world where there is a lot of, there is a lot of deception. There is a lot of things going on that is not actually what Jesus stands for. The word feed is an act of giving food, especially to animal or a baby or of, a, of any form of any living thing, giving food. That is feeding. Feed means to supply with something necessary as to growth or operation. It's important. It is important to feed plants with fertilizer. So you feed them. Praise the Lord. So when we talk about feeding, I want you to look at the word feeding uh, in the place of sustaining something to survive. Sustaining something to all to survive. Now Jesus is asking Peter, Peter, I want you to sustain whatever I have provided. You can only feed living things and therefore it means that Jesus is saying that I've got a life in the church, in the body of Christ, that I want you to sustain. The word investor is a person or organization that puts money 
into financial scheme property as a terror with the expectation of achieving a profit so when you become an investor it is important that you have an expectation praise the lord so every investor has got an expectation that is why when i'm when i'm as i deliver this message you understand that the recklessness of the leadership in the church has made investors de- decide to pull out. Jesus Christ was telling Peter, I want you to invest into the kingdom. And I want you to understand this. When we feed ourselves with the necessary food, it brings out, it brings out in our life, it brings us to the place of realization. When you feed something, you bring that thing to the place of realization. You bring that thing to the place of awareness, awakeness, rebirth, understanding, and consciousness. When you, when you feed something, you effect something in the life of that living thing. You reveal what I call readiness. You bring about recognition. And you bring about what I call universality and maximization. What do I mean by that? I mean that when you feed something, you begin to get the best that thing can be. Some of you, anytime you have not eaten from morning till afternoon, your productivity reduces because you have not fed yourself with that which puts strength into your feeble knee. That which puts strength into your whole being. So Jesus is telling Peter, I want you to feed it. And one thing about living thing is that when you feed anything the right for thing that it needs to be fed with, it begins to grow. You don't need, I don't need to check. In this dispensation, it's nowadays that because of diseases and because of the things that are happening in the medical field. But in the olden days where there were, there were not much medical field and medical facilities, when you give that to a child and you are feeding the child properly, the right ingredient needed to sustain the survival of the child, the child grows properly and you don't need to even monitor the growth of the child because when you feed the child the rightful ingredient or, or nutrient that is needed by the child, the child grows automatically without any deformity. When you don't feed the child properly with the right full proportion of nutrient, then that is when the child becomes quashical. Praise the Lord. Now the church must be fed properly. And if the church is not fed properly, it will mean that the church will not be able to grow. That is a mandate Jesus told Peter. And I want you to understand that we all have a role to play in making sure that the church grows properly. Praise the Lord. His commandments were to love God and love your neighbor and go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. So Jesus telling Peter to feed the sheep, he meant to preach to them the word of God. To do the work that Jesus did and to establish his church. If you love God, I love it so much when in my dialect there is a song that says that those of us who know our God, 
If we don't serve those who don't know our God, if they don't serve him, there is no problem. There is no trouble. But those of us who know our God, if we don't serve God and we don't praise him and give him what he deserves, then there is a problem. But we are living in a dispensation where those who are not in the church are telling those in the church how they should behave. And surprisingly, because of lack of the rightful proportion of understanding of who we are, we tend to listen to the worldly people than listening to the God who calls us to become Christians. And I pray today that you are about to receive the strength that will cause you to grow properly in the name of Jesus. Now Jesus telling Peter that Peter I want you to feed my sheep is not something that can be done haphazardly. It is not something that can be done occasionally. It is not something that could be done when and as he felt like. Because when Jesus, when Peter went back to fishing, he was in need of some things to be able to preach and to be able to do the mandate that Jesus gave to him. But the Bible said he went back to fishing. But Jesus appeared to them and said, I want you guys to be taking this work of the ministry so seriously. Because what I did, I didn't do it partially. I didn't do it when situations were convenient. I did it because it was a mandate that was placed over my life. And Peter, I want you to know that the kind of growth I am expecting of the church, you can't do it when you feel like uh, conditions are conducive. You must do it because you have to see that I've placed you in that responsibility. Hallelujah. If you give birth to a child, it is mandated whether you are working or not. The child doesn't know about it. But so far as you are the father, the son, so far as you are the parents of the child, you own a responsibility to feed that child. Which means that friends of yours can choose to feed them and they can choose not to feed her. But so far as he is or her, she is your child, you have a mandate to feed your child. And that is what Jesus was telling Peter. I want you to feed my sheep. Praise the Lord. Jesus is trying to tell Peter, I've done my part. I want you to continue what I've done. Because if you, Peter, don't do what I've done and continue in what I've decided to do, I want you to understand it will die. What you don't feed will do what? Will die. Tell your neighbor, make sure it doesn't die. In Psalm 145 verse 4, the Bible said, Our generation will commend your works to the not another. They will tell of your mighty act. Praise the Lord. One generation will commend your works to another. Which means that the sustaining power of the gospel is dependent on us at the moment. But the next generation will take strength from what we are doing to show whether this gospel will survive or not. I want you to be with me. I'm going somewhere here. 
There are times when you come to church, I'll be telling you God will bless you. I'll be telling you God is opening a door for you. I'll be telling you things about what God is getting ready to do. But today, I want us to come to the realization that we have a mandate as Christians. And this mandate doesn't mean that we can do it when conditions are conducive. But we must know that we are compelled. With The Bible said that Paul said, necessity have been placed upon me. It is not by choice. It is not by something I can do when I feel like but I must, it is obligated upon my life to make sure that I feed the flocks and what do I need to do? I must make sure that I know what Jesus wants to tell the church and I must make sure that I tell the church what Jesus wants the church to hear praise the Lord I never saw anybody like late Archbishop in the Osa, I never saw him I never saw him, but when I meet Apostle Johnson Suleiman and I listen to him, I get to know some of the residues that he received from that man of God. There are women we have known. You didn't know. You didn't meet her. Katrukuma. You didn't meet her because we didn't have the ability to leave during their days. But when we saw that the man of God, Pastor Benny in, we saw what was in Katrikuma because Benny In took from Katrikuma and held upon it and today you and I who could not see Katrikuma can see Benny In because Benny In sustained the anointing. Praise the Lord. You have to sustain something. One generation will give it to the other. The Bible said in the days of old, during the time of the Egyptians, when they were leaving Egypt, the Bible said, God said to them, I don't want you to let your next generation, who didn't have experience of Egypt, to forget about Egypt. I want you to pick 12 stones from Egypt, and I want you to carry it on your way to the promised land. I want you to carry these stones, not because you are not going to get tired, but I want you to carry it because I needed to speak to the next generation and the next generation will not understand it until they see the stone and my bible said that they carry the stone and they say when your children see the way you carry the stone they will ask you that why bother about the stone because the stone is not edible because the stone may be meaningless to them but when they see your attitude of the way you are carrying the stone they will ask you that why bother to carry the stone then you will tell them the Lord of all flesh uh, delivered us from the place of bondage uh, and gave us this promised land. Uh, why? The communication must be related to uh, from the promised land uh, in connection to the place of captivity. And my Bible said when they see the way you handle the stone, they will understand that you were in slavery. Praise the Lord. You must sustain something. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, the Bible says that so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, to equip his people for the work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Okay? Until we all reached unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining the whole uh, measure of the fullness of Christ. Praise the Lord. The, word, the verse number 12, I want you to give me the verse number 12. The chapter 4, verse number 12. 
He said to equip his people for the work of war, of service. The word equip there, I want you to put feed there. The people of God cannot be involved in service until you feed them. He said to prepare God's people for the work of service. So that the body of Christ, I say verse number 4, not 12 please. Verse number 4. He said, there is one body. Verse number 12, not 4. Hallelujah. To prepare God's people for work of service. So that the body of Christ may be built. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. I don't know whether I'm wrong or he's wrong. Oh, different. I said NIV. He said to equip. Say equip. To equip means to feed. Look, there is an anointing in your life that you have to feed. The gospel in your life that you have to feed. If you don't feed it, it will It will die. I'm going somewhere. Be with me. I want you to understand something here. God is not stupid. God, what you are going through that you don't understand, he understands it before you went through it. So please understand him. He said that before the foundation of the world, he knew what would happen. The Bible said that he predestinated us before we went through what we went through. So God is not oblivious about what is going to happen to you. He knows it before it happened to you. The Bible said that because of his, his omission, his ability to know, he knows the end from the beginning. That should tell you how much he knows. So he decided to put the fivefold ministry in place to help you and I to do what we need to do. I'm going somewhere a few minutes. Whoever feeds you can easily kill you. You know what we have become as a church? Make sure your phone is on silence, please. Praise the Lord. Whoever feeds you can easily kill you. Because everyone who is being fed is very vulnerable. You understand what I just said? I said whoever feeds you can easily kill you. So be careful when you have somebody feeding you and you don't treat the person well. Can I talk to the men in the house? You can be so powerful, you can be so strong, but you got to know that your strength is coming from your wife who feeds you day and night. So if you have anything to do, treat her properly. Because whoever feeds you can kill you. The reason why the church has gone wayward is not because the church wants to go wayward, but the leaders that have been put in place to feed the church, they are feeding the church with the wrong things, so the church is dying. Praise the Lord. If you want to stop me from, if the devil wants to attack you, that is why the devil wants to bring down something. He said, I, I, don't, I don't know what you know, Samson, but I want to check what feeds you. Where do you get the strength from? What, what empowers you, Samson? Where do you put your head? What, where do you get your peace from? Your peace is your strength. 
Do you know your peace is your strength? A man can be weak when there is no peace in his house. When Jesus appeared unto, unto the disciples in the midst of the storm. Listen, if you don't have peace in your house, you can pick a goat from your house and chuck it outside. Because there is no peace in your house. If there is no peace in your house, you abuse what you have to preserve. If there is no peace in your house. If there is no peace in your house, you can see something valuable and run away from it. Why? Because there is no peace. Do you know the number of things that are in this this time as we are talking about Ukraine and, and Russia? Do you know the number of good things in Ukraine? But people are running from there because there is no peace. Praise the Lord. I'm going somewhere. Be with me. In Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15, the Bible said, Then I will give you, ah, dear Lord. It said, I will give you shepherd after my own heart. Who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. If you become born again, the next thing you need apart from Jesus is for Jesus to give you a good shepherd. In the generation in which we are in, the shepherds are killing the flocks. How? The Bible said then, if God wants to bless you, he will give you a shepherd after his own heart. Praise the Lord. I want you to understand this. Listen, I'll get there. Listen. If God wants to bless you after you become born again, he must give you a good pastor. Most of us are not able to walk in the place of greatness because we haven't got good shepherd. There are things lacking in your life because you haven't got a good shepherd. David expresses, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. When you have a shepherd, he said what? I shall not want what does your shepherd does he maketh me listen the bible never said that do you understand the word make the word make means it's not there he creates it he said he maketh me to lie down in green pastures the green pastures are good for the for the sheep but the sheep hasn't got the ability to comprehend and understand that this is good for oh you don't know you have to ask the woman. I'm not picking on the woman anyway. But you need an elderly person who understands beyond what you can see with your eyes to tell the woman, don't go for the one who has got money now. You have to go for the one who has got character. It takes experience. Praise the Lord. Let me go back before I say something that will cause me trouble. God wants, If God wants to bless your generation, he will give you a shepherd. The problem we are having in the church is that we are lacking good shepherd. And, and because of that, it's all, not all the shepherds that are bad. I'll finish next week. It's not all the shepherds that are bad. But because of the recklessness of, the, of certain people, it has made the shepherd not be able to do their work. What is the work of the shepherd? It's to impact knowledge. Praise the Lord. Impacting knowledge is unproductive when there is no understanding. Praise the Lord. So it is a responsibility of the shepherd to do all. To teach the flocks. 
If you are a Christian and you say that you don't need a shepherd, you are very vulnerable. Because you are like, like, like a sheep without a shepherd. Praise the Lord. So I want you to understand that for the shepherd to play, for the shepherds to play their role, you also have a role to play. Tell your neighbor you have a role to play. Let me finish. I'll just... <laughs> Let me release a bullet. In the Old Testament... In Numbers chapter 3 through 8 focuses on the work of the priest and the Levite. Be with me somebody. Numbers chapter 3 through to 18 focuses on the work of the priest and Levite in the Old Testament. The Levite are the tribe whose men service as priests. To a large degree, the term are interchangeably used in Numbers. They have the essential role of mediating God's redemption to all the people. In Numbers chapter 3 verse 40 to 51. Like other workers, they are enumerated and organized into work units. True, although they are exempted from military services. So this Levite, they are not doing anything, but all they do is to make sure that the other tribe that are eleven, uh, the 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 eleven will be working. The Bible said they were given lands for them to work on the land, but this particular tribe they were given the placement to service in the house of God. Be with me. I'm going somewhere. It is true that the unique. Uh, it is true that the uniquely detailed attention given to the tent and of meeting and its utensils seem to elevate the priest's role above those of the rest of the people. That is the tune of Israel, they had 11. But the, the, the text actually portrays how intricately their work is related to the work of all Israel. Be with me. So the living tribes are fully occupied in the field working. But this particular one is organized in the, in the priestly role and they are working in the house of God. Be with me. Now they are supposed, this particular one is feeding the leaven because of their position. Now this Levite and the priest are those who have been occupied, given the mandate like Peter to feed the leaven. Now, this leaven, the Bible said, the Levite assists all people in bringing their life and work into alignment with God's law and purpose. Without the Levite, the other leaven will be abandoned, will be abandoned, and they'll be doing things that are not in conformity to the word of God. Be with me, I'm going somewhere. Now, the Bible said that this living are working tirelessly, but when you look at it outwardly, it looks like the living are more productive than the one in the, in the tent. Be with me. Now, my Bible said that in Ephesians, uh, uh, the Bible said then it's on the integration of the Levite work with everyone else. No mistake careful attention to the priest's work of, the, of, of mediating God's presence. 
Not because religious work is the most important occupation, but because God is the center point of every occupation. Now, every occupation which is permitted to roll in the life of the Israelite is being what do you call it? Pivotally manip- manipulated by the role of the Levite. So it means that the one who puts together and brings into harmony the work that the other living are doing is the priestly tribe. Be with me, please. Be on the flight. You know, what, what are they supposed to do? Now, the Bible said that I want the Levite to be more productive. Therefore, they cannot be productive if they are not sustained. Now, the sustenance of the Levite, which of course is paramount in their role and their responsibility. The Bible said because of this, I want you to bring one-tenth of whatever you gain, bring it to the Levites. And the Bible said that the Levite has got a role to play in the life of the other leaven. But their role can be effective if the other tribe will be able to play another role that is sustaining them. My Bible said in Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 4 to verse 1 to 4. The Bible said that when you go to war. He said, when you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and armies greater than yours, do not be afraid of them because the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt will be with you. The Bible said that when you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come in front of you. You see what they are wrong. Now, the Bible says, when you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, hear, O Israel, today, you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint. He said, do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give your way to panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight. For you, for you against your enemy to give you victory. What does it mean? Now the Bible said that when the other leaven, they are encountering any danger. The Bible said that when you look at their ammunition and you look at what they are fighting with, the Bible said that it will not be enough to conquer their enemies. But the Bible said that this priest... That before it looked like they are useless. That before it looked like they are unproductive. And all they do is to burn incense in the house of God. Is to make sure that they kill and slaughter cow. And kill sheep and present them on the altar. To release some worship unto God. The Bible said that a time will come. When you will face certain enemies. That your strength can never kill it. And the only way you will win those battles. Is when you have this high priest. Standing in front of you and speaking to you and you'll be able to do what your strength could not provide but before that you have to be able to feed them the problem we are having in our generation is that the children of God have abandoned the shepherd we have abandoned the priest the priest has got certain things to do in our lives and they cannot do their role until we begin to become investors tell your neighbor become an investor 
Oh, you don't understand what I'm talking about. I remember many years ago, uh, sometimes when you, some of you think you don't need your father. Some of you think you don't need your mother after you get to the age of 18. But there are certain battles you cannot fight until you get the blessings of your father and your mother. You can be so eloquent, you can be so knowledgeable, but there are certain doors that will not open to you if you don't have the blessings of your father. I remember many years ago, I went for an interview. Some of you let me say this before I forget. Some of you think that because now you can fetch water, now you can pay your bills, now you can buy a new car, you don't need your pastor again. You don't need your father again. But precious one, there is a time that will come into your life that you will realize that without your father, there is no way you can move to your next level. I remember many years ago, I was going through some turbulent time. I went for an interview some time ago when I've been rejected. Even the the people in the system told me there was no way I would survive. When I was going for the interview, I knew, I knew this job was bigger than me. But I said, no problem. I will tackle it anyway. On my way, I spoke to my father, my spiritual father coach. I said, father, I am going for an interview. He said, son, do not worry. I will pray for you. When he prayed for me and I went for the interview, when I shot my salary, the employer told me, go, we will call you back again. My father phoned me and said to me, I phoned my father, I said, I've not got the job yet. At that time, I had another spiritual person among, among my, in my life. When I phoned the person to tell the person that they said I should go, they will call me back. Do you know what he told me? He said, congratulations. I said, you didn't hear what I said. I said, they said they will call me back. He said, congratulations. I said, why? He said, the victory is yours. That is the power of a father. After I finished that phone call with that father of mine, I received another phone call. This time, not for my father. My father's one preceded the one that came after. And what happened? It obeyed the voice of my father. They said it's with great delight that we have decided to give you this job. I don't know what you are going through. There are certain battles in your life. The Bible said when you see the army and their omniscience are more than you, get your father in front of it. Get the high priest in front of it. And because you have them in front of you, no weapon that fastened against you shall prosper in the name of Jesus. You don't understand me. Ah, there was a time Hannah went to the temple. When Hannah went to the temple, the high priest saw Hannah. Hannah's womb was shut. And the Bible said that she could not give birth. And the Bible said that every year they went to the temple and they presented gift. They presented gift to the body of Christ. They gave gift to the high priest. And one time Hannah was so much in pain that Hannah prayed so bad that she could not hear her voice. But you could see her lift moving. When the high priest saw this woman, he said, woman, why have thou been drunk? He said, man of God, I am not drunk, but I am troubled and I'm in pain. He said, what trouble thou? He said, because of my childlessness. The Bible said, the high priest said, a year by this time, you will have your son. The Bible said, the high priest words became effected in the life of Hannah. And through Hannah's life, we receive one of the most profound prophet called Samuel. I prophesy upon your life that the priest of your life will help you fight every battle you are fighting.
said in the mighty name of Jesus I don't know what is confusing you I don't know what is troubling you but when you invest into the life of the high priest they have a mandate that no man can do they will occupy in the place of God I speak as your pastor today I don't know what you are going through but every battle you are going through I stand as your priest and I say you will win it in the name of Jesus I know they are more than you I know the economy is more than you I know your marriage is stinking but I came with the voice of the priest and I speak into your family that life should come into it in the mighty name of Jesus those of you who think you don't need the praise, I want you to understand it's about time we invest into the church. Now the church buildings are now becoming pubs. When they become pubs, where would the priest stand and preach? When you come to church, and I know that there are certain pastors who take your money and abuse it, but the church must be fed. In the old in the olden days, my Bible said they have to keep Peter moving. Peter, if Peter is not fed, if the church doesn't feed Peter, Peter will not be able to do what he must do. The Bible said, how did the church help him? Look at what it says here. In Acts chapter 4, the Bible said, neither was there any among them that lack as many as were possessed of land, possessed, possessors of land and houses sold them and brought the price of the things they are sold under the feet of Peter. Precious one, the Bible said that in the old, in the New Testament, how did Peter do his job? The priest must occupy in certain places. And no certain priest has abused the system. Some pastors, even though they have to become good shepherds, they are buying cars for themselves. They are buying things for themselves. I know they are not made, they may not be doing what is right, but that doesn't mean we don't need our priests in our generation. Praise the Lord. You need your priest. The Old Testament, the Bible said that people sold their properties and presented it under the feet of Peter. And the Bible said that the strength of God mandated upon him, he was able to stand and do what he was called to do. If you love, I am not talking to people, if they don't love God, I am okay with it. But everybody under the sound of my voice, we have a mandate to consciously Invest into the kingdom of God. Invest. Praise the Lord. I want to beg of you. I know that they've already, they've already told you that the young ones need to be sponsored to, 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 to play the instrument. Whatever you can do to help, do it quickly. Praise the Lord. I want to beg somebody here. The priest role is vital. There are certain battles you will fight. Look at what the Bible said to end it. The Bible said there is he that builded in the sand. And there is he that builded on the rock. But the Bible said both of them when they build it will stand. But it will not stand every time. It's not going to be permanent every time. The Bible said when the storm comes there is a storm in everybody's life home. And that storm is coming with a purpose to bring down what you have planted. So if you don't have a spiritual backing, you are in trouble. 
Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to beg people in this house. I know that people have abused the system. But I want to beg of you. Anytime, anytime, <laughs> I want to beg of somebody. If we, the church, those who love God, we don't rise up to invest into the kingdom, the work of the ministry will be tattered and shattered. If you love God in this year, be an investor. I stood here and I said that those who want to support the building project, by the time we go during the week, we realized that there were certain people who had that voice and began to take steps. At the moment, I personally, I love the sheep. I love the sheep. I want them to obey. But there is something about the, the shepherd. The prodigal son's father, when he spoke to the son and said, son, stay here. And the son still didn't want to listen. He allowed him to go. If you don't humble yourself to be molded and you want to follow others and behave like others, when the time comes, you will see that you will be vulnerable. I want to beg of everybody here. I know that they have bigger responsibility. The generation in which we are in, the economy is getting worse. If we don't have God on our side. The Bible said, by strength shall no man prevail. The Bible said, it is not by might, it is not by power. But by my spirit. I want to beg the entire church. In our year of love revolution. In our year of showing our love. God is calling us to the place to consciously, not out of surplus, but deliberately making a provision in our life to say that because we believe in the gospel, we will do whatever it takes for the gospel to stand. And I pray that the Lord who strengthens his people will strengthen us to become good investors. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody put your hands together. It is our time to sustain the gospel. It is our time to invest into the kingdom. In the Bible said in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 19. It said for the endless expectation of creation. Waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Without investors. The kingdom will not impart humanity. I pray over your life. That the, the grace of God will strengthen you. That the Jehovah that we serve. Will empower you. I pray. That the same way we've had many sustaining the gospel. Joseph of Arimathea, providing a new tomb for the gospel. I pray that our families, our lives will be to support the gospel to move forward. I pray that every pain you have gone through because you supported the gospel. The Bible said for your trouble, may he give unto you double. I pray that may the Lord replenish you in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that as we are about to fellowship in breaking of bread. The breath signifies strength. The wine signifies the spirit, the blood. I pray that may you receive the strength that no man can provide. That as you approach the Goliaths of your life, you will bring them down. You will bring them down with a stone in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for you today that may God strengthen you. May nothing dilute your mind. May nothing pollute your mind. I pray that this year, May you receive the blessings of the shepherd. That nothing of yours will escape you. Your blessings will come to you on time and speedily. In the mighty name of Jesus. We call it done.
in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody.